Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's Dooley, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. Hi. <laughs> I just How are got you attacked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How's it going? Yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but yeah, welcome to Slash Radio. Yes. Hope everybody's doing good. This is this is whoa. We're with this we're two times this week. We're two time Tony. Totally yeah. Oh yeah. We're uh, you know, tag teaming it here this week. Whoa. Easy. Head up <laughs> easy. <laughs> oh sound effects, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mikey Bones here, dismay. Yep. At your service. Mm-hmm. And we got some shit this week, boy. We've got extra shit this week, so we're on top of it. We got some exclusive Jones going on here. Yeah, unexpected. It was, uh, this this episode is a banger here with some uh, hidden info. Plopped into us, man. Shout out 12 Nights of Horror for hooking this up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my boy oh, 12 yeah. Nights. He loves me, by the way. He doesn't love me. I know. I don't think he loves me that much anymore. He tells me he does, but I don't think he does. I don't know. He loves you. <laughs> he Twelve tells nights, me all come the time. on, man. Yeah, he tells me I'm the one, and he loves me, and yeah, so. Slide to my DMs, man. Come on. <laughs> Slide in 12 nights. Slide it on in. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> all right, wait, wait, hold on. We're getting, all, getting carried away. Should we should we tell them now, or should we get the shout outs out of the way so we can dive right on in? Um, we think. We we can uh, we can I guess touch base since we mentioned Twelve Nights. We'll go ahead and uh, do the uh, shout outs first. Okay. Yeah. Twelve Nights of Horror. PromoteHorror.com and HorrorMoviesAndStuff.com. Check them out, man. They got all your shit, and um, you can also listen to the Slasher Radio podcast. On 12nightshorror.com and promotehorror.com. So go check it out. Horror, horror, horror. Yeah. We're everywhere. We're in your mama's um, kitchen. <laughs> your mama's <laughs> kitchen making pancakes, according to Bobby. Oh, man. So, yeah, we, um, okay, can we go into it now? I'm excited mm. to announce this. Tell them this, mate. Tell okay. them. Tell them. We have. Whoa, whoa. We have. Are you oh. ready? Are you ready? Oh. Are you ready? Oh, you hear me? Go ahead. <laughs> we have Diane Franklin. Oh. Who is from the Amityville 2, The Possession, and the upcoming Amityville Murders film to drop this year. I didn't know that motherfucker was coming out. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Not a lie. It's coming out. Swinging. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> swinging, Oh, man. Baby. Swinging back and forth. That It's going to be a good movie. It's, it looks so great. Hell, yeah, man. I'm excited for that so much, and it's great to have an original character from you know the the earlier films back for 
something's you know so updated and modern what do i say all the time authenticity yeah it's just there once you do that it's there like i said don't talk shit new leprechaun movie they got ozzy it's there you know it just there's something about it okay that was just your way to pull in leprechaun here but a little bit but it's true you get the point (laughs) you could have used anything else that would have been better anything else but i didn't so yeah they i mean she uh they're not promoting this movie yet. I mean, the word of it's out, but they're not, you know, discussing this movie yet. Right. If you want to hear anything about this movie as of today, you have to listen to this podcast. You have to go to slasherradio.com, read the article. That's what you have to do. It's nowhere else. Right. And this is like, this is first scoop. She said it herself that we're the first ones to have this info. And so it's, oh. it's great to, to be able to get in into it without the actual company releasing the info first so this is this is exclusive this is a true exclusive hell yeah man slash reader got you i mean come on this isn't the first we we had um tony todd john k sear harry manfredini i mean for any new listeners harry manfredini any new listeners you can go back check that out great conversations with them damian maffei so anyone who's listening for the first time you know, go check them out. We, we slash rated got you. Yeah, we we're pulling Pretty it out real. all the time. Like we just have Whoa. it out all the time now. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> the meat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Easy. So we're doing a lot. We're staying on top of it, staying relevant with all the cuz a lot of the stuff we're doing nowadays is really time sensitive because we're doing new films or upcoming films, so uh, we want to get this information out there to where people can um, get a little inside information um, before they go see it or right after they see it to, you know, hear more info on it. Hell yeah, man. Unfriended. That was yesterday's episode. That just dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. We had three cast members of the of the movie. The movie just came out a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so it's still new. I mean, it's people are still talking about it a lot. You know, we go into, uh, you know, what kind of making it circulate because of the um the alternate endings and stuff like that so it's still going around you know people are still talking about it so javier botit yes yep. slender man that that movie's coming out a few days right and like he's done he's done a lot of other movies um mama and um of course uh the conjuring 2 and of course the biggest one go ahead bones oh slender man no not that one he's an it which one it Oh, it. shit, that's right. Yes. Fuck, See, it. look, look, you missed it. I set it up no, for you, no, and you yeah, missed no, it. No, you did, you did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, he's in the, fucking... he was in the first It, and he's coming back for the... Whoa, 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 whoa. He wasn't in the first It. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. How dare you? Yes, he was. Ignore the original. Well, the first, like, well, not... Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't say Don't the original. Say I mean the first one. Easy. Well, the the first the first part of the remake he's oh. in. Okay, but... And he's going to be in the second part, so fucking whoop-de-damn. Yeah. Yeah, he's... and But the whole point of that was, you know, he's playing Slenderman, the new Slenderman film. That's coming out. The movie itself is coming out a few days before this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got you, man. Go, go back and look. Stay tuned, because we got more shit coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're too busy. I, I, I have to spend so much time with this man. <laughs> and he it loves is, every second. 
No. Like, yeah, he, you know, it is he was exhausting. ready to go this morning. He's like, let's go. And, and you know, so I came on here and then, you know, here we are. I was and excited to do the interview. Loves every second that he gets to spend with me. So, but and I'm more than you. happy to be here and, and talk about movies and stuff. It's it's he secretly disgusting. It. <laughs> yeah, okay. It hurts. Yeah. I, it's taking time off of my life as we speak. <laughs> I'm losing seconds. I, I watch uh, I watch our you know our recording time, mm-hmm. and every second I'm like that's like another second off my life. <laughs> I've lost 12 minutes and 13 seconds as of now. Actual seconds is like minutes in dismay time. So, you know, I guess that's what. Yeah. But so I lost an hour and 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> Kind of <laughs> today already. God damn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah, man. So go check that out. Um, we had a lot of shit that just went down coming up. We ain't done. Don't forget, we got we got Halloween. James Jude Courtney played Michael Myers in the new Halloween film that's coming later in the year. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, we told you about it. Don't forget about it. Yep. Still going down. We're, we're gonna keep pulling it out. So you know, just stick hey. around. Stick around. Keep pulling it out. Oh, yeah. You may see something. You stick around. <laughs> Look at me. You may see something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let, let's give it to him. Just, man, what do you think? All give right. it to him. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. All right. Enjoy. Okay, we have been talking about this since the second we found out. We've been super excited. We announced that we were going to have a guest today, and we have Diane Franklin with us. Hey, hi, everybody. Hey. From Amityville Horror, The Possession 1982, and the upcoming Amityville Horror that you guys snuck right by everybody. Yes. Um, yeah, um, well, we're, um, it's, this is called The Amityville Murders, and it is the next uh, installation of all the Amityville Amityville films, um, hard to say. And uh, what's interesting is I was in the second Amityville right after Amityville Horror. And I never, I mean, even that film, I thought, who is going to watch this? Because at the time in the 80s, people really didn't, sequels were not considered something that was going to be profitable, let alone like even something that people, you know, would watch, you know, usually mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'm just going to watch the original and I wouldn't watch the sequel. Um, but what's fascinating to me is when after I did two, I had no idea. I knew I knew there was a third one because um, uh, I know like uh, Lori Loughlin and uh, Meg Ryan were in, was in that film um, and it was in 3D. But after that, I didn't know that there were other Amityvilles made. So, you know, years went by and and then, like last year, uh, the Amityville uh, with um, Jennifer Jason Lee came out, and I was so funny because I ran into um, someone who did sound on it, and he said, "Oh my gosh! Like we just finished this Amityville with Jennifer Jason Lee," and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like they should have called me. I mean, if they had somebody around that age, you know, uh, playing a mom, then mm-hmm. why did they call me?" And I was kind of a little sad. I was like, "Oh, I would have loved to have done that." So. When this new Amityville, like when it, it kind of happened, um, what happened was uh, my, mani- um, my convention manager 
called me and said, you know, they're doing another Amityville and the director wants to work with you or is like a huge fan. And so he said to me, why don't you call him? And I called him. And right when I called him, the director asked me, I want you to be Louise. I want you to play Louise DeFeo. And I burst into tears. Wow. Literally, I was just <laughs> like, I've, I've always wanted to play. Um, I wanted to go back and, and do the Amityville sequel, but, but in order to, but to play the mother, you know, then this is an actual person. I've always wanted to play someone who was, you know, um, a, a real life story. Yeah. And the film is a docudrama, which makes it even more interesting because all the other films that have been made were films that were made up. And this is based on fact. So there's so many aspects of it that um, it, Daniel Ferrans, who, who directed, he also directed the documentary of Amityville. So he knows all the details and he knew the Lutzes. Um, but because this took place before, um, this film takes place in 1974 and it's just so exciting. I, I, I was just, I, I was just like, okay, that's it. If, if any film, if I do a film, uh, the fact that I could play now the mother, and you know, when in, in uh, 1983 I played the daughter, so I don't think anyone's ever done that. Like I think people have maybe come back as their own character, but mm -hmm. to play the daughter and now the mother. I mean, this is a unique experience. I think in any film you know, whether it be drama or, you know, any, any other type of serial type of thing, not, that does not happen often. So um, I really think it's, it's special for so many reasons. And I'm just ecstatic for everyone to see it. It's amazing. It was an amazing experience. It was the, I have to say the best acting I've ever done in my life. Wow. And uh, I, I didn't even recognize myself in the film. I mean, my my family was like, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> we're like shocked. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I know it's, uh, uh, and we've just been waiting. Um, I know they want to, you know, put it out the right time. A lot of what makes a, a film successful is putting it out the right time. So uh, you're going to hear about some publicity pretty soon. Pretty soon. So, in, in fact, by the way, if you're listening, we're not. I mean, no one's doing publicity on the film yet because they've been holding it and. I'm the only person like I can, I'm giving information, but we're not in full form of publicizing the film yet. So um, you're getting an inside scoop. You're getting oh. information ahead of time because no one, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I've, I've been posting photos on my Facebook account and um, my Instagram, but it's as a friend, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's not like publicity. So all this information people are getting, they, they're just not getting because they haven't done any publicity on the film yet. So it really is, uh, you know, being, you know, on the inside. And so, yeah, when, when they start doing it, it's going to be crazy. And, you know, I was going to say like, it's going to, it might just be a huge hit because of the sequels. Um, oh yeah. But also because, I mean, my feeling is that when it, it will be one of those films that, people who know the film's series will definitely watch. And then the new generation of people who love horror films, I think they're going to love it. And it's, um, I think people are going to go crazy. I just want, I think it's just going to be one of those films that like people are going to go, Oh my gosh, that is like so cool. And, um, and it's, and it, because it's also got historical significance as well. So it's, I just, I don't know. I think it combines everything um, to me. Um, I mean, I, I love the other actors that I did the film with in Amityville 2, but I think um, this might be the best one. 
So I'll, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I, I feel Be the ready. same way. I I, I want to just like machine gun questions at you, but I got to slow down because uh, I I am okay. a sucker right, for Amityville. Like I, I you know I live in New York, yeah, and see. that ties into one of the questions I did have for you. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You are originally from Plainview, New York. Yes. I am from Plainview, New York, which is on Long Island. Okay. I am, you know, I don't know what, 15 minutes from yeah. Amityville. Yeah. Um, when when the murders actually happened, I was too young to really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I was trying to think of 74. So I was like 12, I think. And uh, it was, it was, I've heard about it, but I didn't know what was really going on. And then um, yet at the same time, what is amazing is that it happens so close to where I live. And so it's very human, you know, like it's yeah. just a real situation where it could happen. I mean, technically it can happen to anybody. You know, it's one of those things where somebody could family, you know, it's people murder people in their family. And, but this was just such a, um, I don't know, just the whole thing was just so um, shocking because Amityville is a very quiet town. And I think that's what made it very unusual. You know, it wasn't like a, a place where there was a lot of gunfire. It was just very quiet. Yep. So um, I feel for the people in the town. I'm sure they're sick of being associated with it. But on the other hand, um, it's to me the, the most famous or at least originally was the most famous haunted house there was. And I feel like, you know, people might go, oh, you know, what is it really haunted? But honestly, a house can affect you as a person like mm-hmm. the they call feng shui i guess the feeling the setup the, and that house was interesting because the front door didn't face the street nope it faced the side yard and there's something off about that and i just got to say that that is something that it was very odd and it, i i got to believe that that was you know just set people and it just it wasn't Maybe the people, you know, when you think about it, going to a house like that, and then, of course, it was an Indian burial ground. And then the other part of it was I found interesting was that the, the other people were murdered or died in the house. I think a boy killed himself or something in the, in the attic. So it just doesn't have – I just think you, there, you can't assume that the house has nothing to do with it. I don't know. I just, I think that there's a lot of sometimes a feng shui. You feel, go into a room and you just feel odd. It just right. doesn't feel right. So anyway, that was one, but... that was one thing I had <laughs> mentioned was that like, the, you know, the original house itself is so unique and it becomes a character mm-hmm. of course in the film itself. And uh, yeah. I know that the film was not filmed in the original house, but you know, was it eerie to kind of film in a house that so closely resembles the actual DeFeo house? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what happened was when I, well, when we originally shot the, ha- uh, shot it in, we shot the interiors in Tom's River, well, actually the, the exteriors in Tom's River, New Jersey, and a couple of the interiors in Tom's River, but, but most of it was outside. And that, I mean, it was interesting because it wasn't just the house, it was a combination of the weather and the the atmosphere that we they set up when we were shooting. And um, I just think it was done in, we were originally when Damiano Damiani was directing the first director uh, that I worked with, very reverent, very, 
respectful of the nature of the film. And it was a very serious set. It wasn't lighthearted. Although I would have to say Burt Young, he did keep things light between you know, being such a aggressive and angry person in, this, in the film and abuser. He mm-hmm. would just make jokes on the set on the side and, you know, tried to keep it, you know, somewhat conversational and light. I mean, he was lovely. Um, but Jack, you know, kind of stayed on his own and, you know, just tried to keep in character. And um, I hung out with uh, Ritanya Alda, who played my mom. And um, the kids actually hung out with their mom. She was on set. So um, but we but we all got we certainly all got along. Um, but it was definitely a film that was you felt the tone of the film the whole time you were shooting. You did not let it go. It wasn't like, you know, uh, light. Um, And then we shot the interiors in Mexico, which was unusual because obviously now we have a, we had an Italian director and we had um, a Mexican crew, but they, you know, so we had completely switched our crew actually from Tom's river to Mexico. And, um, worked inside. So nobody, people, a lot of people didn't understand each other, at least in the eighties, nobody, like people weren't, there wasn't a lot of, um, conversation. Um, it was more like just, you know, doing your work, getting ready and the cast stuck close. And, um, um, so I think it, it carried that kind of somber mode, I think somber. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, so I think that in, in a way, like, look, you know, when something happens that's tragic, there there is a somber mode. People don't talk. There's silence in the house. There's quiet. And I think that, um, especially in an abusive family, I think that there's a lot of quiet. Um, there might be yelling, but then it goes into silence. And I think that we were able to capture that emotional experience. Right. Um, and then on this one as well, you know, we, we, ha- we shot this film here in L.A. But again, same, the, Daniel Ferranz was very, he was he just loves this film. He was just, it was just his baby and he wrote it and he knew exactly what to do. And his, he had a vision and um, I was just impressed with the amount of details he knew about it and that he, you know, I could play it as real as possible to the time period. Um, so kind of interesting, really. I mean, just amazing. You're going to love it. That's where the <laughs> best stuff it. comes from, too, when there's a deep passion yeah. behind it. I you, you can feel it when you're watching it. You can feel it. Yeah. I mean, I never really thought about it. it, it what, what I'm saying is, like, like, to me, I've only worked on things that had passion. I mean, whether they're lighthearted or not. Even, honestly, like, even Better Off Dead, Savage Steve Holland wrote and directed the film. And when you write and direct it, and you're not just directing someone else's film – it matters and it just it you chose you know and uh it it just becomes unique and it's beloved and details are taken care of and it's it's i mean i'm all for like new filmmakers like you go because you know you're the voice of the future and you're creating you know images and things that are you know reflective of what's going on in the world today and um you know you're passionate and i think that's incredibly important in film um if not, you know, even, you know, anything people do, television, if they are, if they're venturing to television, um, TV movies, you know, um, or now the web series, the mini series and the web series, I just think you, if you put your heart into something, people can see it. Right. Um, feel it. Feel it. One thing I, I respected about the, uh, the Amityville horror, the possession movie was that 
it didn't i know you had mentioned the atmosphere and everything but that movie did not shy away from real like home life situations like an abusive parent and things like that but i find that a lot of writers and directors these days won't approach that in film because they are sensitive in nature but uh what do you think changed over time for filmmakers to you know get expose that type of family life in in films yeah you know i'm glad you said that's a really good question um well i have to bring it back to like i remember um it's i think it's an ebb ebb and flow I think there are times when we get very, film gets very real and then we back off as a society on it uh, for, for whatever reason, maybe people, maybe it's too heavy. I mean, I know that there's, we went recently through a time where films got heavy and then they backed off because we needed a lightness in the world. Like we just needed like upbeat, you know, more comedy, more upbeat kind of an environment. Um, I think it'll, it'll ebb and flow, but I do think that, and this is one of the things with acting and, and with filmmaking is why, why, why something becomes art because it, it finds its truth. And if you are a filmmaker or an actor and you find the truth in either the emotion or in the situation, as is an abusive family. I mean, how many people have been in an abusive household in so many different ways, whether it be physical, uh, whether it be a, a verbal whether it be silence, whether it be um, just sadness, you know, um, or ennui, like, you know, just total, like, there's nothing, there's no energy. And, you know, there's so many different kinds of, you know, um, emotions and, and situations we deal with. I think that it's your responsibility as a filmmaker, or it's, it's certainly relatable to the audience when you bring that into a film. So I think that if they, if people don't do it now, I think they'll bring it back. I think there'll be a time. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I'm sure that there are filmmakers out there who are bringing, um, who have a lot of, um, uh, maybe reality in, in their, what they're doing, but they might be distributors who are backing off that right now and saying, you know what, we need upbeat pe- people want to see upbeat things right now. So I really think it's, it's not that that's not happening. I think that it's just sort of you as a artist have to hold your material and have to wait for the right time in society. I would say like, just because you write something doesn't mean that people want to watch it. Right. And it could be awesome, but they may not want to watch it right now. Like, you know, you may be, you might, you know, I know like as an example, it's so funny, like um, better off. Oh, better off dead. So when better off dead came out in the theaters, better off dead was an upbeat, fun movie. But it didn't do well in the theaters. It was like nobody wanted to see it. It just didn't find its time. Film uh, critics looked at it and went, you know, I mean, if I had to choose between Officer and a Gentleman and Better Off Dead, I'm going to choose Officer and a Gentleman. I mean, a critic could never, you know, choose Better Off Dead to recommend, your, you know, where you'd spend your, spend your $5, your, five, your $2 um, to, you know, watch a film. Um, they, they couldn't do that with a good conscience because there were other films that maybe made a more of a statement. But then all of a sudden everyone started getting VHSs and college students were like, oh, I am studying all day long. I do not want to watch something heavy. I wanted something fun. I could sit with my girlfriend. I could, you know, on a date, I can watch this in my room, be fun and we could laugh and we could have a good time. And that movie took off uh, in the, um, it took off in the video uh, VHS 
generation. I mean, it went from word person to person and it became this underground cult film that everybody wanted to see and loved watching and loved watching over and over. So I just think that, you know, when you're, when you're looking at things in terms of films, you know, and, and what's, what makes, what things come out now, you're really just looking about what the, what the world needs at the moment, I guess. Does that make sense? Oh, um, yeah. But I do think you've got to be creative. You've got to be bold. You've got to be brave. Because right. honestly, films, the film world is about being brave and saying things that maybe that we wouldn't see on television, although television is now turned to Netflix or Amazon, I guess. Um, uh, you know what I mean? So um, uh, some of, and I mean, some great web series, right? Great shows, and TV shows. But anyway, continue. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, obviously we discuss movies and stuff mostly on the show. And I don't know how many times I said, if this movie would have came out at this time, you know, it's it's just mm-hmm. it's the mood of the, I guess, the society, too, I guess, has a lot to do with it. Yep. So you're, I agree a million percent. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of stress with like in the in the storyline, you know, with all the disagreements within the family and the, the yeah. you know, the relationships. Um, did this affect your relationship off camera with any of these actors? Oh, good, good question. Um, the, oh, okay. So actually, when you're acting, you have to trust your other actors. So if, in, in our case, you know, Bert was very uh, aggressive, but he was very, um, off camera, he was very gentle and very sweet and very lovable. So it was very easy to allow him to go to where he had to go uh, because I knew I could trust him. And I knew like, even if he like grabbed me or threw me or whatever he did, you know, with the film, um, I could trust him, you know, like mm-hmm. we would, we, you know, so it was, that is huge. That is absolutely true. Um, I'm one of those actors who, when somebody is a live wire, somebody who is not trustworthy, um, I'm not going to relax. It's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I actually had to, I did a, a theater, uh, I did a, a, a class once where I had to work with an actor. Um, I thought I could trust him and he uh, threw me on the ground and gave me a concussion. And I was like, wow. no, no, <laughs> this, <gonna> work. <laughs> this is not okay. And this is not acting. And I mean, I, again, I mean, if you're going to do something in a scene, it's, I mean, all actors have, I'm not saying that you have to, um, you know, you have to hold back what's what's there, but you do have to let the other people know what you're doing and you have to develop a trust uh, so that that person's on board. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. So you do in, in acting have to uh, set all those things up sometimes. I mean, even in the film we did just now, there's a lot of physical vi- uh, violence and I went over it with a stunt person and I still injured myself actually, but that was okay because at least we you know, did it with a stunt person and we knew it was going to happen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's part of the job, right? It's part of uh, the entertainment businesses. You know, you want to make it as real as possible and you try to go for as safe as it can be. But, uh, you know, sometimes accidents happen and, you know, you can't sit there going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. You have to go, okay, you know, I, this is what the scene's about. So, Oh yeah. Uh, good question. Yeah, <laughs> gets 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 real. I kind of want to jump back. I you did say before that this is some of your your best acting. 
I, mm-hmm. I, that the scene. I want to go oh back God. to the. Um, I, I you may know what scene I'm talking about. The scene with um in the uh, the movie you were in the possession, where Sonny was right. chasing you around the house and uh, towards you know right. The, I mean, I that was distress there. You it it drew you in and it yeah. was so real. I mean, that that scene came along so strong. Is is there? I don't even know how to how to ask the question. It's like, where did that come from? How do you conjure that? Right. Um, thank you so much, first of all. Um, well, first of all, it was, you know, you play it like it's real. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, you know, I played it as if it was obviously real. I played it so real. We, we were in Mexico shooting for like a month, and I screamed and cried every day. And uh, so much so that by at the end of the shoot, I got gray hair. <laughs> I got wow. a shock of gray hair. <laughs> wow. So trauma is trauma. Okay, people, it's, it's trauma is real. Um, but I don't regret it at all. It was just, it was just kind of like surprise. Like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> um, sure, screaming and freaking out um, when it is, you know, feels so real. So uh, I appreciate the fact that you know you you feel for me. I think that's another thing you feel for my character, and. Uh, yeah, Sonny, you know, again, I trusted Jack, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that, you know, uh, he was, you know, coming after me. I also, you know, he had a lot of uh, the makeup on. Mm-hmm. So, and because of the way they light it, uh, you know, I could see him coming. I could see the makeup more. So to me, it was, it was not as, it was interesting. It's, it was obviously scary, but I think for me, when you're acting it, you don't hear the music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just get yourself all, I, I would get myself, you know, prepped and I get my, you know, I take a few minutes, obviously before every scene, when you're, you know, emotionally upset, you get yourself up for it. You like, you take a few minutes to get yourself to the energy level. And then once I did it, you know, I would just feed off it and, you know, um, it would be about, you know, making sure I hit the marks and, you know, all the technical stuff, but you have to let it go and just be in the moment, you know? And I think, what was fascinating to me about the film was I just spent a lot of time running around screaming and, you know, uh, shattering things and doing stuff, but I didn't realize how it affected other people. I'm sure the crew is like freaked out, (laughs) you know, like rattling the windows and, you know, turning around. And I mean, the crew is probably more, you know, like, Oh, oh, there, you know, but I'm just like sort of, you know, uh, experiencing it. And, um, and it was very fun too. Like for instance, there'd be scenes where I'm trying to get out the window and there's rain, but that was all done interior. Mm-hmm. There was a rain machine. And so you see the outside of that window, but it's actually inside a room and the rain is coming down. And um, oh. I'm sure like today, you know, people go on, online on the internet and they get all this um, information about how to do that. But, uh, and that, that was fascinating to me as well. Um, the, the thing I, I, like for instance, there were scenes where, I wasn't there when they shot it. So when I saw the film later, I was shocked. Like the kids, there was a scene where the kids, one kid put a plastic bag over the other one's head. And that got to me. Mm. I was just, when I saw the film, I was like, oh, oh no, don't do that. You know? Um, but, you know, I know the mom was there and I know that they're out. They were, you know, those kids were just, uh, just, they're just great kids. And, but boy, that, you know, to me, that was like, that scared me, you know, and it's because oh, yeah. I'm a mom too. So I was like, what? Don't do that. <laughs> um, um, or the blood coming out of the sink with Ritania, you know, I didn't see that. So um, when I, when I did see the film, uh, the, uh, while we were in Mexico, we would see dailies 
And I don't know if that's even a thing now, but like we call them dailies and we'd sit in the theater and they would play them on the big screen. Whereas today they play them on the computer, right? Mm-hmm. Like just, it was pretty wild. So we'd watch it on the big screen and they'd have a shot of the clock or they'd shout of the stairs. And I remember thinking, that's not that scary. Like, why is this scary? But it's because of the music and because of how it's edited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, then it just adds to it. I mean, if you watch the film and the sounds off, you know, I, I think you will, you'll understand what I mean. But when you watch it with that music, uh, that was uh, Lalo Schifrin. Oh, my gosh. What a great, you know, soundtrack by him and just frightening. So that's that was an amazing thing. Also, um, you know, the, obviously the the uh, incest scene. I mean, that is you know, major and. I don't think it's, I mean, I can ask you, have you ever seen that in another film? Has, has there ever been an incest in another film? I mean, I'm interested. Um, has that subject matter ever come up? I've never seen it. I would, see? the closest yeah. thing I would say is the um, Stephen King film, um, um, Bones, uh, is it Sleepwalkers? Oh, uh-huh. is it Sleepwalkers? Where he's yeah he's kind of got a thing with his mom yeah that's that's the that's the closest thing but mother things are kind of like done you know you had a psycho where there was something weird there but I mean brother sister is kind of when I seen that it just felt oh no 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 I mean right (laughs) I guess we might as well jump to that because obviously we had it. How do you get yourself into that mind state? Was there anything like how do you block out the personal voices in your head going, "This is wrong," and perform like on this, like that? Well, the the thing what for me was I didn't have a brother, so I didn't have any relationship to mm. a boy or a guy like that. To me, guys, you know, were always just somebody that I'd be attracted to, or or you know, I'd have a relationship with, or my I mean, other than my father, right? So I didn't have that prejudgment in my head but I also knew like this character my character was not attracted to my brother Mm. my brother was attracted to me and I took from the point of view of I love my brother and when you are in a family and you love someone you trust them and when something like that is happening you don't and you don't want to make you don't want that to be real like you're going to say this isn't happening Mm. this is not happening this is I mean okay this is just one time like oh this is not real like you're going to be in denial and I think that the brother you know in that scene he goes after her but I for me how I played it was somebody who's just frozen you just you're just saying yourself I love my brother, but what, this isn't really, no, this is, he's not really asking me to take my shirt. No, no, that's not, it's not, it's really not <laughs> happening. You know what I'm saying? No, right. he's not really going to come on top of me. No, this, you know, I think the whole time, the denial and that frozenness is something that's very real. And I think people don't, people who experience it, um, I think the shame is that they think that they then agreed, that was agreeing, but what it is, is it's shock. And I think, just not wanting to create I don't think it's even not creative I think they just are in such denial that they want to believe it's not real and they want to believe that that's not that didn't happen it's not going to happen again and if they just are quiet and they don't talk about it it will it will go away 
And the prob and so that's the way I played it. I played it and I thought that was pretty real. I mean, I really thought like oh, yeah. if I was in that situation, um, you know, I would be just frozen, but then I'd want to make it up and I'd want my old relationship with my brother to happen again. Like I'd be like, you know, after that happens, there's a part of me that's sort of like, you know, can't we just make this go back to where it was? But at the same time, I know that it can never be that way, but I want him to like me because I want to be that close. I want to keep that closeness. Mm -hmm. So is it, do I have to have that sexuality again? And I thought at that point, I think after the incest, I really do think that it's more of like, now you're perceiving it as the devil comes, comes Mm -hmm. into me a little bit, Mm -hmm. or at least I've had some of the devil, you know, (laughs) transferred Mm -hmm. over to me somehow. Um, I'm a little bit more, which is, there's, I think, the part of it where people go, you know, oh, you know, she, she's into it now, you know. Um, I don't think anybody who goes through that is into it. Uh, I think that they're, they are still a victim of it, but they're trying to rationalize it. And that film, I've had so many different reactions from people who've watched it. I've had people who um, were, it disturbed them. Like, they were like, I just, that was, like, so weird. Uh, and also, like, off-putting. And then I've had people watch it and think, oh, well, you know, why didn't she pull away? You know, she, you know, obviously wanted to be involved in it. It's like, no. Um, <laughs> and then there were other people who were, who thought, oh, well, that's hot. You know, I, maybe they felt that way for their, maybe they felt that way for their sibling. I don't know. Um, but, you know, obviously it's a taboo. And uh, so I think, I think that film what I and I want to say what I love about it, like you said is the re, it touches on real subjects reality of situations but I will have to say that scene and me and the panties and all that I remember thinking how am I going to make this justified when you're ex- ex- experiencing something as delicate as the subject matter of incest you're not going to say you're not going to talk my panties you're going to say words and I always found I thought how am I going to justify this dialogue it sounded so so uncomfortable to me and um, I think even in the theater some people are laughing because everyone's uncomfortable and all of a sudden I say that that line and it's like (laughs) really it's like (laughs) duh (laughs) so um, I don't know it's just it's it's definitely something that when people watch I think they're uh, you know even today I mean I guess that's why it's, I've always thought, who watches this film, part two? I mean, who's watching it? And I, I've been told that people think it's, you know, the best Amityville of all of them, just because it is so real mm-hmm. or has realistic moments. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's one of my, my go-tos, for sure. And kind of piggybacking Great. off of that, being in, and you were not only in an Amityville horror movie, you were there, second movie, the building of the foundation of this franchise. Having been a part yeah. of that... On the new cast for the new film, do you feel you're able to help anyone and, you know, give some uh, original direction? Yes, yes. Uh, That is such a good question. I love your questions. Uh, When we got to the set, I knew that I was the, at least at the beginning, certainly I was the one that grounded the film in the reality of the of the history of the film making and i brought a bunch of photos from amityville um you know from the first one to show the director and the cast and and just sort of give them a sense of like that there was a history because some of the you know the younger people didn't even realize that there was a history to the film that there was you know uh 
that it, I mean, they, I guess knew that there were some other Amityvilles, but they didn't know I was in it and that I played the daughter. And I think the girl who played my daughter, she was lovely and she was very respectful. I think she was watching it and she, I think she was, first of all, she's awesome in the film. She's just, she is dynamic and just, um, I loved what she did. And I even like, got teary-eyed. I told her, I said, I got teary-eyed when you died. Spoiler alert, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I was like emotional when I saw her. And so there's definitely some definite, I think, little nods to the, there's nods to the film that they did. But I have to say that Daniel did it in his own way. And, um, but it was with, I think subconsciously there were, there were, there are moments when you watch the first one, you're going to see it uh, like nods to the first one as well. Um, the love, the cast of this one was just adored it. Um, wish Ritanya Alda could have been in it. We were trying to get her and it just didn't work out. It would have been lovely, but we did get uh, Bert Young and he played my dad again, which is amazing. So I think that's a beautiful nod for people to see. Um, we have, a scene, a couple of scenes together and just, I love it. And Lenny Kazan was awesome. Loved her uh, performance and, um, and the, oh my gosh. And the young actors and the guy who plays Jack, I mean, he just killed it. I think he's going to be a heartthrob. And I think he's going to also be, he's like the good, the bad boy you fall for. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's, but he, you know, he plays it real and, yeah, great cast. And the kids, the kids were stellar. There's this little boy, um, and let's see, um, my gosh, um, his, he's just, I mean, all the kids, all the kids were wonderful. They just, you're just going to flip out with what they did. Um, and it just is very real. And it also, like, what I have to say, what I, what I love about this film is Amityville, Amityville of Possession didn't, it could have taken place in a way anytime, anywhere, um, but this one, because it has 70s references and 70s a feel to it, I think you're, people are going to really appreciate that as well. So uh, I just, yeah, you're going to. You're, you're, getting, you're killing me right now. So audience. <laughs> yeah. So audience, I'm just telling you, you are, this is, you're getting a gift right now with talking about it because it is not even being publicized. And once it comes out, it, it, I mean, I was just. I have these posters that I've been selling and I was like, these are going to be collector's items because people are going to go crazy with these films. And I just feel so blessed to be able to be given a, a chance to act again and play a really good role. My role is really good. So really um, with sometimes, you know, at my age, people play, Oh, like just the mom and it's in one scene, mm-hmm. but in this particular film and, I've had a couple of films recently where um, I've been given some good roles, but this one is my baby. Like this film, uh, I'm just, I can't wait for people to see. I'm not going to lie. When, when uh, April had reached out to you and she told me about it and I was like, Oh, Oh, Diane Franklin from the, the Amityville possession. She's like, yeah. And the new one, I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. There's a new one. Right. And she's in that one. So it's it's authentic. Yeah. No, 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 no. This can't be happening. That's how I found out. And I, yeah, right. It's I can't believe it took me so long. So the more original, like the more authentic feel you're giving with all this stuff that you're letting us know, it's like, oh, why can't this come out sooner? Yeah, yeah. No, and 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 the thing is, again, the audience uh, does it. Like, I mean, horror films come out every day, and then you know, oh, that's scary, and that's a good mm-hmm. film, and you know, oh, this is a great villain and stuff. But the 
there is no film that ha- is doing what Amityville Murders is going to do. Mm. I mean, this is, it is historic in, in, in the, what, you know, the, it's, it's just, this film has so many things about it that are going to be cool that, and make it different. Um, I just think it's people are, I think audiences young and old um, are going to love it. And legacy. And they're going to, yeah, the legacy. Yeah. I mean, really, that's just being able to, and it was so amazing because, you know, in a certain way, like I've, I always thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to do a, a remake of Better Off Dead? Or wouldn't it be fun imagine doing a remake of Last American Virgin? Uh, <laughs> or, you know, what if they, you know, I mean, there's so many films from the 80s that, you know, they want to do remakes, but you know, some it'll usually be just a token scene, like, oh, look, there's just a, a cameo, mm-hmm. you know. But in this case, this is way beyond, and it was just brilliant of Daniel to want me to play it. I mean, literally, when I auditioned for the film, because I did have to audition, because the producer, they, they didn't really, you know, the money people, and, you know, you still have to audition. I, they didn't know what I could do. They didn't know I could still even act, you know. And I, so I went in and auditioned, and I said to myself, you know what? it doesn't even matter if I get this role. I just have to kick it in this audition because this might be the only time I ever do the role. Right. It might be the only time. And I went in and I did, I killed it so much that the director like burst into tears, jumped up and hugged me and went, Oh my God, you are my Louise. You are Louise. And like they, 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 you know, producer clapped and the, the, wow. the casting people clapped and they were like, Oh my God. And people were just like jaw dropping. They were just like, what? You know, like that was so real. That was so amazing. So to me, even if I, if it didn't work out, cause sometimes, you know, people get cast in things for odd reasons sometimes. And uh, I just went, okay, I, I know that, you know, I did my piece. And uh, so that's why it's just, you you know the experience the whole thing is so exciting it's so exciting and i i i have to also say when you're an actress you're i mean people might go oh it's just a horror film but horror is drama and it's and especially because it was a time period piece it was it's like um it's it's drama and so it's as it, it's as serious as you take it so anybody who is out there who's acting in a horror film thinks, oh, well, it's just this. It's as good as you make it. And, you know, you carry your performances with you and don't ever go, oh, I'm just playing this. No, if you play it well and you play it real, it will be a better film. So, And every part matters, yeah. every little part. So, you know, you and you think, oh, no one's looking at me. They are. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, yeah, the other and then- thing, I mean, if this is a par- podcast um I did some other films that are very exciting. I did a movie um, within the last couple of years. One is called The Final Interview, which is a thriller. I'm very proud of that film. To me, that's kind of like an art film um, because it was sort of shot like a play. And that is, I I shot it. There was a screening of it. People loved it. Um, But what I love about that film is that you, it's a different kind of filmmaking. Like you've got to see it. It was very, uh, different than the kind of films that this filmmaker makes and his name is Fred Vogel and um, he, he sort of tried something different but it's very exciting so I'm excited when that will come out and I don't know if they want to just show it in film festivals or if they want to bring it out uh, you know sell it to Netflix or whatever I'm not sure but that's another film and that took place in the 80s so that's very cool and the final interview is about a a guy who 
is being sent to the electric chair within like a couple of hours, three, three hours. And my it's I play this um, news director and my ex-husband is giving him his final interview, his last interview, sort of to talk about what happened in the serial murders. And he it's sort of an like alpha male war, uh, essentially. And it's very exciting. Somebody dies, but I'm not going to tell you who. (laughs) It's very exciting. Mm. And uh, about that horror genre. Yeah. And then and then another horror uh, movie that I did also, which was another thing you might be interested in, is a movie I did called uh, Waking uh, Nightmare. And I don't know what what is going on with the film. I don't know if um, I know that the director was saying that he had looked at the final cut and he was incredibly excited. And I don't, but I don't know his plans with releasing it. He might be he's working on a lot of other things, so I don't know if that's what's been holding it back. But that film is another film where it would. It's about a girl who is uh, has she commits murder in her sleep because she sleepwalks. And the girl who plays my daughter in it is Shelley Regner. And Shelley Regner has been in the Pitch Perfect movies. And she plays one of, one of the Bellas. And she did an amazing job. So she plays my daughter. Um, and I play this sort of Stepford kind of housewife. But you find out I have other shades to me, which is fabulous. It's like amazing, great role. And my husband is Jamin Newlander. And he was in Lost Boys. And he was wonderful to act with. And he, again, also, his character also is wonderful, which is in his character. And uh, um, and then um, David uh, Naughton plays the, a doctor in the film. So there's a couple of 80s actors in there. Uh, but what I really love about that film is, again, it's a role you've never seen me in, a, a, a character you've never seen me play. And so all these characters are very exciting. I mean, you know, I've done in the 80s, I've had this, I've always had a variety of different kind of characters. And in these cases, I am as well. So I think people are going to be really surprised and they're going to love it. <laughs> they're going to love it. <laughs> you had mentioned playing the daughter, you know, in the Amityville 2 movie, and then you come back as the mother. Um, how much did your mindset and approach to these roles differ due to the difference you know in childhood you know with the with the mm-hmm. second film and then the adulthood aspect and yes. the newest one when i played the daughter in uh, amityville 2 um i tried not to um research the film too much because i didn't want to be scared playing it and i also didn't want i my character had to be incredibly innocent so mm. Even if I had known a lot of the information, I wouldn't have come from a place which was like, I just want to be, my career is to be open and like just free. And then the surprise is what happens with the family and the brother. If I'm too knowledgeable of it, then it would have been, um, to me, I would have been, I would have shut down and I didn't Mm -hmm. want to have that happen in the film. And then with, Louise DeFeo, I tried to get as much information as I could, although there wasn't a lot because at that time, um, you know, there was no internet. And um, I I don't know, it's kind of interesting about the information about her. Um, so I just kind of based, I based in as much as I knew about the story and what had happened. Um, but I also, a lot of what I think is important about a film is in a documentary, you're doing it exactly as that person, but in a docudrama drama, you're trying to capture 
the relationships in the film and how you feel about each other. And so that's where my, I, I stayed focused, but I, I did have to do some research about, you know, the things I was doing during that time. And, um, you know, people during that time acted differently within the relationships. You know, it's not a contemporary thing. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's not just, it's not just the dialogue, but it's your relationship to each other. That is relationships are different today than they are, than they were 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. They just are. And people treated each other differently. So, and I mean that even in terms of like, you know, maybe respect for your parent was different than it is Mm -hmm. today. Okay. So, uh, or your, you didn't have your phone. You couldn't call a friend. You had to, if a situation was happening, you stayed in the moment and you listened and you weren't distracted. Um, maybe the TV, maybe, but it wasn't like that was on all the time. You know, today, like you might go into a house and the TV is on or the computer's on and things aren't shut off, you know, and you don't have to like kind of deal with this, with each other. So I think that's, it's going to be interesting for people, kids to see because they couldn't escape as easily, you know, back then they couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, get out of the house or run away or, you know, you, you couldn't call somebody in an emergency with a phone. You're, you know, you or you had to look in each other's eyes, just, just a whole different thing that is not a given today. You know, p- parents are telling the kids, look at me in the eye, let's talk. Like they're, they're trying to make contact or, even relationships, put the phone down. We're on a date. Don't look at your phone. (laughs) But during then you just did, you know, and it could create more awkwardness, but it also created more intimacy. So, so there are differences. And I would like to see what everyone else notices when they see the two films. I think that there's going to be a lot of comparisons and there's a lot of things to talk about comparing the films and time periods and, and how you know and have things even today certain things have not changed you know kids nowadays would be like i just say alexa call 911 and <laughs> right right be saved in five <laughs> right. minutes no 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 no. there was none of that crap <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> or like okay dad you're gonna like if you're gonna take your hand to me i'm gonna put it on the internet now i'm taping you right yeah. i'm gonna put it online, it becomes right? a meme so uh <laughs> yeah yeah right you were yeah. recently added to the Twelve Nights of Horror website with your books, and um, and then you have the upcoming, you know, Amityville movies. But do you have anything else that you're working on? Oh, I'm glad uh, you said that because, uh, yes, first of all, I have. Um, if anyone wants to get more information about me, and um, there is so much, so much going on. Um, I I have first of all, I do do have two books. One is my first book. I wrote in 2012, but it's available on Amazon. And if you want to get an idea of my career in general, and the there's a chapter on Amityville too as well, um, you can get that book. And that's called The Excellent Adventure of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. It's a very long title, but just look up Diane Franklin books. Um, and that will talk more about the intimate details about my experiences in the film. And then I also uh, have a second book. That one focuses more on Last American Virgin. 
And I was like the first actress. I was actually the first actress to bring curly hair into the 80s. I was the one who kickstarted all those perms. So I'm sorry for those who had to, who didn't have curly hair and going, why, why did I have to get that perm? But it was my fault. I brought it in there. So that that second book talks about that. And uh, so I'm also working on a third book, which is going to actually focus on Better Off Dead. Um, But who knows? I might do another one now that I did this Amityville focusing on my horror films. And so that may be in the future. Um, but, uh, so I've done to a lot bunch of, I go to conventions. And so if, if you follow me on Twitter, Diane Franklin 80, or you follow me on, um, die, uh, I have a official die. I think it's official. It's actress, Diane Franklin on Instagram or, and it'll say official, uh, Instagram, my Instagram, then I will let you know of anything coming up uh, as far as uh, conventions, but also you can follow me, Diane Franklin 80, I'm just trying to think, and um, on Facebook, go to the group section, and if you see Diane Franklin, you'll see two black and white photos of me. That is a friend site, because my original Facebook is full, but if you follow me there, and that's the best place to follow me, you are going to get more detailed information, such as um, I'm going to be at a convention in the Dominican Republic, amazing Mm. place, Um, in November, I think it's like the 3rd to the 10th or 11th, and it's a week-long vacation. You go there. It's an incredible deal. It's actually an amazing deal. Beautiful. I did it last year um, with Amanda Wiss, who also does horror, and we're going back. We're going to come back, and so we'll have my books there and photos to uh, sign, and um, it's just an amazing vacation. We're there during the whole time, so you can meet us there. Um, then the other thing I have is I have a poster and I've never put out a poster, um, but I thought, okay, well, when I did my book, my second book, I thought I'll do a book promotion. And so this is a poster and it's the only post you can only, if you're listening to this, this is where you're hearing about it. It's not on Amazon. It's not anywhere. And so if you friend me, um, you can get by, by the poster and I will sign it. And uh, that will be a collector's item because I only have 200. And so the, going now I just I just started putting it out like maybe a couple of weeks ago and so they're selling so which is amazing so that's kind of a specialty thing so every once in a while I I put things out that you know I'm offering things to get and buy but um any new films or when these other films come out or even Amityville like all more photos from the film behind the scenes if you want to see that then go to that group, Diane Franklin, Facebook, and I will, you'll get the inside scoop and uh, the inside photos and, you know, all this stuff before the film comes out. So it's, yeah, I, so I had, I have a lot of cool things. Plus my, my daughter is a filmmaker. And so I also put out uh, things that she's doing and she's actually there. Someone may be making a film for her, her first like legitimate film. She's done a lot of films. If you go and look up Olivia De Laurentiis um, online, she does comedies though. And so, but I may be in her films too. So we'll see. Ah. I've done stuff in the past. She, she did a web series called Sugar Babies. If you go on YouTube and you look up Olivia De Laurentiis Sugar Babies, she did this great web series. And I'm, I have a, a small part in that. Um, but she's the up and coming. Franklin, <laughs> but she does it in more comedy. So, uh, so, but it's, yeah. So there's all kinds of cool things just coming out and, um, I'm, I'm doing so full of surprises. 
Yeah. Diane, before we let you go, because I, like at this point, I just want to capture you and talk to you for days on end Aww. about these things. I, I have a, a two-parter question. Yes. Is there anything that you feel you don't get to talk about enough, or maybe you haven't gotten to talk about when you filmed the Possession film? And also, what's your favorite aspect of the new film? Ooh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. So, let's see. Okay. So, um, Amigo Possession. Um, all right. Well, this is kind of an interesting thing. When I, well, this is just, when I, when I did Amityville, the possession, people asked if anything scary happened when we were shooting. And, um, by the way, I, when I was taken out in the body bag, I loved that. <laughs> I just love that. I did because too. How many, it. How, really? Like how often do you get to die? And then watch it later and go, oh, that was really cool, right? <laughs> um, and also, um, oh, yes. Okay, so when I did Amityville, The Possession, and I played the devil, they asked me to wear a tongue, a fake tongue. And the tongue was a serpent tongue. Yeah. And it had, it was cut like, you know, it, was, it looked like a, it was split in the middle. And so... I did the scene. We, there's somewhere there is footage of me with this tongue doing it. And then they, we also shot it without it. And somebody asked me, they said, Oh my gosh, your tongue is so long. Is that, um, is that a, uh, a fake tongue? And originally I said, yeah, yeah, I think it is a fake tongue, but now I'm thinking about it. I think that was my real tongue. So, oh my God. <laughs> so just as a, like a sideline, that is my real tongue. And I, and it's probably that long. So I, I have to say, it was kind of surprising. I was like, well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Kind of a real weird side note of yes, that was my tongue. And, um, yeah, I, and I also would have to say there was a great, uh, scene, when we did Amityville where I confessed to the priest mm -hmm. and in order to get myself into the scene, the director asked me, we were in the church and the director said to me, I want you to run around the church until you're exhausted. And of course he said that with an Italian accent. So he's like, okay, Diane, run, run, run to the room, run to the, the church. And uh, so here I'm running through a church, which honestly is, surreal and it's scary because you're in a church nobody runs in a church right so it, it was almost like um sacrilegious kind of you know running around that felt very creepy and very bizarre very scary um running and smelling the frankincense and run 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 and then finally exhausted and then i come to the priest and i confess and i just that was just something yeah kind of for me sort of um, unusual feeling, just kind of strange. And um, and there were other things. If you are interested, get my first book. I have some great stories as well to add to that. Um, but that was unusual. And, and then in this film, so in the first film, people were saying, did, did anything creepy happen? And I was so involved in it. And I remember um, Ratanya Alda talked about some creepy things that happened in the film. So she had some creep, you know, scary experiences. The kids had some scary experiences, but I was, I kept that innocence. So I was trying not to be, I wasn't looking for things to be scary. You know, I tried to stay focused in my storyline, but this show, this uh, filming and the murders, 
some creepy things happened. And I thought that it was just interesting. And one of the things that um, I was, um, it was, it was strange. I did a lot of screaming in the first one. And I told you, like, I screamed and screamed, never lost my voice. Impressive. This film, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, never, and I thought, oh, interesting. This film, I didn't, at the, when we started shooting, because we shot it within a month, but the first few days of shooting, I did not scream at all at the beginning, and I lost my voice. Wow. And it was really weird. And I have never, ever in my lo- my whole life lost my voice. Huh. Like, just completely could not talk. And so for a couple of days, they had to, I mean, they set people and crazy. They were like giving me tea and honey and lime and trying to get it like to get better. Um, I called the doctor's office. I was like, should I take something? I mean, I couldn't even talk. Really. Yeah. I was just like mm-hmm. typing. I sent an email. What do I do? And, um, and so I do, it was, and then in a couple of days I got it, but I had to do some, you know, a lot of, what do you call it? Uh, looping because of that. And when I did the looping again, I lost it for one, for like the end, the, the end of the looping session, I lost my voice again. Wow. And it was something that all I can say is it was weird. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know why, but it was the strangest thing. And I, I just felt like it was the movie. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, I'm just, I guess it's just the feeling of the spirits or the whatever. I just gave it to that odd thing. And, it eventually came back, but it was, I wasn't sick. No one on set was sick. I didn't, you know how, I mean, you're going to lose your voice. Something else is going on. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the creepiest thing. I mean, there was, other, there were some other things that happened during this film, uh, filming, but that was the most bizarre thing, especially when it came back and it happened, um, at the end of the looping session too. I thought, okay, this film has something to it that's beyond the film wow so there you go that's crazy. yeah i think you think you if you're um yeah it, it was just bizarre so you take take that for what it is it was just again i was just surprised i i'm not somebody who believes in kind of things easily and but that i i opened myself up to observing more in this time as an actress because i thought okay I I can do that. Like I'm old enough and I can, you know, I won't be freaked out and, oh yeah. And then there were some other things. Yeah. You'll, you'll find out later on. You'll find out there's definitely some more creepy things that, that happen. So, but at least that's a start. Oh, for sure. That's a starter to get everyone uh, interested in that. Cause oh, this man. film is just different. It, it is. That's what like, amazing, you know, makes it interesting. Cause a, a lot of people don't know these background things that happen to you personally you know, with filming. Yeah. So it's great to know these types of things. Yeah. A couple of more things happen. And I, I will say that, you know, it's not, it's, it was a surprise because I really did not expect, um, I was looking, you know, I was keeping my eyes open, but I didn't expect some very odd things to happen. And I think that it's because you invite, when you do a horror film, you invite, that energy into the atmosphere you invite you're more sensitive to it i do believe that there are people who are more connected and more sensitive to 
uh, you know, even so spiritual things, um, they're just more connected because they're listening and they're paying attention. Whereas another person may be like, I'm not even paying attention. I don't even, they just glide right over it because they don't invite that mm-hmm. energy. So I have a lot of respect for people who feel things, you know, so. For sure. Anyway, yeah, it's it's exciting. And we, we can't thank you enough for hopping on. We really can't. Well, I really appreciate it. You've gotten the first scoop of it and I, I'm, just honored to be in your podcast and I'm just excited. Hopefully you uh, definitely let me know what you think of the film. Oh, for okay. sure. Oh, yeah. Can't wait Contact to see yeah. I mean, maybe we oh, can great. even have you on again, you know, whenever it comes out, comes yeah. closer or where, you know, whenever, cause we're, I'm always down to listen to this stuff. Like I said, I'm an Amityville sucker. I, I want it all. Yeah. Yeah. It, I would, it would be great when you see it. We'll definitely have a lot to talk about. Yeah. That would be a lot mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Then you can really let everything out. Cause it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the more, I don't know how to call it. That's one of my favorite interviews so far. That was, it touched on a lot of personal things. Like, uh, yeah. it wasn't just about the films and, and the upcoming movie. It was more about her personal experiences on set. And the weird things that happened to her, which um, was a nice surprise because I wasn't expecting that um, aspect of the filming. Um, but she did have, you know, strange things happen to her, which was a great story in itself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Amityville franchise. It's only one movie I really didn't like. And, you know, I, shit. Maybe it's because I live kind of close to it. It hits home more. It hits home harder for me. But I think globally, it's kind of you know, Amityville is one of the OGs. Right. And I think that's safe to say. And it's it's great that they're having her back. That's one of the things that yeah. I like so much is that they're taking an original character and and switching her role as well. They didn't bring her back as the daughter and try to spin it that way. She's coming back as a totally new character in the film, which she you know obviously was very excited about and and they were too they you know once she tried out they were so excited with her performance that they were just like yes you are Louise DeFeo you know so that's great I'm I'm excited to see that movie hell yeah and what I'm most excited about is she mentioned documentary as well Mm-hmm. oh yes. my god yeah. I mean I just picture you know, obviously she couldn't dive head first into it because, right. you know, it doesn't come out yet. But uh, it's just imagine seeing pictures of stuff that actually happened on the screen accompanying a movie. Right. Or what, however they're going to use it. We don't know. And like personal info, like she only gave us a little tidbit, I'm sure, of what actually goes on. So, you know, if mm-hmm. that, you know, comes out, I'm sure they'll have so much more details and information and stuff they can talk about. We got to do a check back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to contact Diane. Yeah. And, and, not, and not for anything, she was an awesome person to talk to. Mm-hmm. I mean, her personality was just, it was off the charts. But right. not only just to talk to her again, but, I mean, just to, to check back. Like, maybe in a couple, well, we're already in August, maybe sometime next month. Yeah. Middle yeah. to the end of next month, do a quick update, Amityville update. Yeah. And once we can get, you know, into more of the film, she did, you know, go into it a little bit, but I'd like to really get into the nitty gritty kind of like we did with the Possession movie because there's so much to know behind the scenes itself too. 
and amongst the actors and stuff that I'd like to know more about. Shit. And she did mention her books, too, and then that one of them, oh, yeah. you know, she does mention a lot of more info in there, so um, if you we'll check you those like out. books, yep, yeah, go, go grab it and check it out. Oh. Don't grab it. <laughs> Don't grab it. Diane, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Dismay doesn't know how to control herself. I apologize. Okay. Poor woman's yeah. got to deal with your filthy mouth. <laughs> grab it. Well, you just you took it the wrong way. Nobody else would have thought that was a bad thing. You just took it there. I wish Bobby was here. He'd agree with me. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Me and him would have both said whoa at the we'd, same time. We'd need some some bleeps for if he was on here because he's truly uncontrollable. Yeah, I mean, he's liable to say, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely that. Yep. Right. Liable. Yep. Oh, this was a good one, man. Slasher Radio brought it to you. You heard it here first. If anybody goes and posts about this without giving us credit, I will be under your bed at night when you go to sleep. <laughs> and that's something you don't want because naked. He, will, he will do it. He will. I'll do it. I'll be under your bed at night, completely naked, covered in coconut oil, under oh. your bed when you go to sleep at night. And you don't want to know what's going to happen from there, there, boy. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to be in your presence in general, so for you to be naked, covered in oil is just that much more scary. They, they, they better not do it. <laughs> they better not do it. They don't know how scary. They better not do it. Oh, jeez. Anyway. So, yeah, I'm excited. This is like a... I mean, we've had some kind of early on stuff and some things that weren't mentioned before with, with various people we've spoken to, but this is like... Never, it's not nowhere. It's it's not anywhere. It's and not only that, like not only is it nowhere, but she was able to actually talk about it. I know some people that we've had on here, you know, they have to be really careful about what they say, or they can't touch base on this or that. But she was able to give some information without giving away too much at the same time. So, yeah, this was this was really. um, I'm very thankful that she was able to share as much as she was. Poor Lyndon Porco. I harassed that poor man and tried to get anything out of him that I could because I was excited. I'm sorry, Lyndon, if you're listening. He didn't fall for the bones bait there. He didn't take no shit. And you know what? I'm proud of him (laughs) because I'm ashamed of myself for trying. You should be. You should be ashamed. No, I didn't try. You should be ashamed of yourself. I would have liked, I wouldn't have argued it. Mm. But I wouldn't try no no tomfoolery. You can find me on Twitter, I guess. Don't do that. Don't do it. What? What? I'm just telling people not to go check you out because oh. you don't want to see what he posts. I've been good lately. I haven't really been on mm. it last week or so. We've been fucking busy. Yeah, we have. I'm just saying, you, you never know when Bones is going to strike, so just watch out. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I'm like <laughs> a chihuahua in, in the corner of the couch. You know what I'm talking about? Those things will fuck you up. They spring forward like a rocket. <laughs> oh, geez. So where can Take they find you? Take your whole finger off. Before we get too crazy over here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before that, <clears throat> I want... I, I, I mean, I know we, we announced that we had Javier next week. Uh, dude, just, uh, yeah, next week with mm-hmm. the Slenderman movie. But another episode, we're going to have two episodes again next week. Pulling double duty two weeks in a row. We're, we're going to do... It's the, the anniversary of Freddy vs. Jason. 
we may have a little we got a little surprise for you on that one but you know we're bringing you a lot of cool stuff but i wanted to have a movie in there you mm-hmm. know like it's important to me and i love talking to all of our guests it like I, I couldn't even begin to say like put into words how much it means to me talking to these these great uh talented people but it's still like we're this is what we do like you know the movies and discussing and our, you know we sit and talk about it and it's fun and then you guys get involved on twitter and it's like this this and that i i i love doing it so much that you know we we just said we had to have we have to have it in there yeah. we're interview heavy lately we gotta you know keep it real in the yeah, middle that's of all why, you know like we're bringing a, another episode too so that we stay on track with what people of course came to us first with so as much yeah. as we like the interviews we like to also give them what we you know are usually doing as well so got a special episode for that too as well for the anniversary and i get to say a lot more when we do oh jeez. oh god oh oh my god i don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> i can't i i got nothing you know you find me on Twitter at Mikey's Dead. And then you can reach the show at Slasher Radio. And you can find me at Dismay00. Dismay Bullsack! He's getting... On Twitter! He's getting... He's getting a little too enthusiastic with this. Uh, but yeah. Bullsack! <laughs> yeah. Coin uh... purse! <laughs> That's enough. Hey, so yeah, No. See, see, I can't, I can't control him sometimes. I'm sorry, everybody. He, he what gets, was that? He I went to this I, thing. I, I think I don't know. He's got. I went to go to the bathroom real quick. Issues. I came back. What happened? Yeah, okay. Got what issues. Happened? So yeah, don't follow him, but you can follow me. Don't forget follow the coin the purse on the end, as he said. Um, get the coin purse. So yeah, um, follow us and you know listen to our episodes. If there's something that you notice that you want to talk about, or we do a movie that you don't like or you do like, let us know because we like to hear that kind of stuff and and get involved with you guys and learn what you like as well. Coin purse! (laughs) Let me let let this guy go because he's going crazy. So, um... (laughs) Go to SlasherRadio.com Right. Yes. And then, uh, we'll see you next time. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best with Slasher Radio Podcast. Recording at two minutes forty one seconds. You bitch, you. What? All right. What'd you call me? <laughs> What'd you call me? What'd you call me? Say it again, bitch. I didn't say, I didn't say nothing. Say it whoa, again. hey, oh. Say it again, dickhead. Easy. Whoa. Go ahead. Go ahead. Easy. What'd you call me? I didn't call you nothing. What'd you call? No, say it again. Let's say you like. There's nothing to say. Let's see if you have the balls to say it again. Go ahead. I didn't say nothing. There's Go nothing ahead. to say again. Go ahead. There's nothing to say again. Pansy ass. <laughs> hey. Mhm. Wow. I'm giving you the opportunity to.
I, I'm not. <laughs> I, there was nothing to say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Damn. I got you. Easy. <laughs>